Turning now to Fiji, where there's been dramatic developments in the count following yesterday's election. Opposition parties in the Pacific Island nation are now calling for a halt to all vote counting, saying a full recount is necessary after glitches to an election counting app. Chantelle Khan is the director of the Social Empowerment Education Program, the SEEP, Fiji NGO in Suva, and she joins me now. Hi there, Chantelle. Hi. Let's hear first from main Fiji opposition candidate, Sidavani Rambuka, who says the latest election results don't line up with his own party's assessment of the count. Before that, we were ahead in the count. When it came back on, when the systems came back on, there was a uh, big change, not in our favour. It is only natural for people to expect the so-called offended parties to have the right to redress. Chantel, Mr Rambuka says his party has no faith in the election count underway and he will lodge a complaint with the elections office and also petition the president of Fiji. What's your view on what the government calls an app glitch? Yes, we are also concerned. Our organisation is working alongside other NGO CSOs in Fiji and we've been monitoring the the elections from the beginning, pre-polls right until now. And of course, everyone is, you know, really quite flabbergasted that this glitch has happened to the app. Eh? So what was your personal experience of election day yesterday? Wonderful day, beautiful, weather was great, atmosphere, mood at the election poll polling stations was subdued because everyone was focused on the job that we had to do go home, everyone's monitoring it, download the app, you know, we're all journeying together and all of a sudden you wake up this morning and there's, you can't access the app anymore and it's all of a sudden, there's a glitch. Mm. We immediately went in, you know, all the organizations started doing number crunching as much as we could with all the figures that we have been given and they just don't add up. The math, as we're saying, is not mathing. Opposition parties are calling for a stop to vote counting. Do you think that should happen? Yes, we absolutely agree that there should be a stop to counting because the other aspect that we are talking about is they've gone quiet on the leftover, the remaining polling stations. There are 833, again from the figures that we were given from the, the app. Yeah? So we know that there are 833 polling uh, venues that have yet to be counted. And so we want there to be a stop for them to go back and address these issues. Mm. Why do you think the election authorities abandoned the preliminary vote count to push on for a final count? Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, we have people down there as well and they call to report back to the office. There's a sense of confusion there in terms of information that's being passed around right now, even from the supervisor of elections office. There's a lot of there's a lot of information that's coming out, but not really making any sense at the moment. Eh? Mm, We're mm. very concerned about this. Mm. And I, I'm sure concerned about what the future holds. I mean, opposition parties are warning that if their concerns are ignored, they'll decline to take their seats in the new parliament. Yes, what do absolutely. you think are the next steps here? If it, I mean, what is Fiji's fledgling democracy? We are concerned about it. You know, we are a fledgling democracy. We were looking at this as our, you know, next chapter, next step to go ahead and, 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 and continue in this. And now this journey is, is halted this way. We would like to see them do the recount, you know, make it as transparent as possible, allow the political parties to observe and monitor as well as CSOs, you know, who are 
supposed to be more neutral, apolitical before we go into it, because we are concerned as what's going to happen next. We've heard some people calling for military intervention, mm. and we are quite concerned about that. We do not want boots on the ground in that sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We, well, Mr. Rambuka has raised the spectre of mm. the military commander intervening in the dispute, but insists he's not referring to a coup. Do you think there is this possibility of intervention? Well... You know, this is Fiji. Anything is possible. And we are certainly hoping that it's not going to work out that way. You know, in the beginning, the police had stepped up and they said, we're going to be taking care of the security around this. But to, you know, to jack it up, to go up to the military level is an absolute no for us at the moment. Huh? Mm. Um, Siti Beni Rambuka was calling for calm today. And he also mentioned, you know, referring to the military, and I think they were referring to the constitution as in there's something in the constitution that gives the commander the right of way to have a say in these situations that we're hoping it won't get that far. Mm. On RN Drive, Chantelle Khan, director of SEEP Fiji, is here talking about the Fiji election dispute. Chantelle, how has the mood been on the streets of Suva in light of what has gone on over the last 12, 24 hours? Are you seeing any suggestions of unrest? No. I'm just going to say this quite frankly. You know, uh, we had low voter turnout. At least that's the information that was being fed to us. We have a low voter turnout. And so people, you know, we were just we just returned from the supermarket right now. People are trying to carry on with their own business. But there is a sense of watchfulness. Huh? Mm. We all have one ear on this or eye on this waiting to see how it's going to turn out. Mm. Uh, you, you mentioned that low voter turnout there. Apparently it was the numbers are coming in at around less than 60%, the lowest since mm. democratic elections were reintroduced in 2013. Does it surprise you and, and why do you think that is? You know, a lot of us, a lot of us before pre-election, we were very hopeful, hopeful because there was a lot of noise being made. Political parties were coming out. It was looking a little bit robust in terms of, you know, them being able to raise their issues. So for us to hear that it was 51 percent of the registered voters, you know, is a disappointment even for us to see it. Because we've been doing this work on the ground as well. Mm. We would like to go back and start doing our own analysis and really find out, you know, where the gap was. Yeah. Mm. Do you think you'd, you'll be able to? Would you have access to, uh, to gaining that information? <laughs> And that's right. That's absolutely it. We would not need to figure out how we're going to have access to the information that we need in order to build toward the next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You mentioned that you're not really seeing uh, any signs of unrest, just a watchfulness um, that yes. is p- pervading. How destabilizing is this whole affair for Fiji, do you think? You know, it's it's a lot of people keep on saying that, you know, in Fiji, there'll be a revolt, there'll be a revolt, people will be arising. And, you know, it's not as easy as that. In terms of bread and butter issues, you know, just coming out of COVID, people are really just struggling to put food on the table. We're trying to concentrate on feeding our families and getting that done. So when they're talking about that level of political instability, we really have to remain, you know, as calm as we can here in Fiji and just try to let the authorities work it out. If this does escalate, though, what impact will that have for Fijians? Mm, No, it won't be very good at all. It won't be very good at all if it's sitting on racial tension, you know, who's voting for who, um, animosity towards certain particular ethnicities all throughout, you know, Fiji first reign. This is going to become quite bad for people on the ground. And I'm not necessarily talking about the leaders who have their security details. We're talking about your average citizens, your next door neighbours. So, Chantelle, what did you make of the election campaign and the tough media and political blackout that was in place? Mm. You know, the laws and the, and the rules around the elections also changed and made it very difficult for NGOs 
to get out there and do voter education. Everything had to be approved. So, you know, we felt quite uh, restricted and then demoralized, you know, in terms of engagement. Um, on the ground, as people were starting to, we were, we were feeling a bit hopeful in terms of the level of debate, the things that people were saying prior to the elections, mm. uh, watching the different politicians come out, except for Fiji First, watching them, you know, address the issues as best they could. Um, and we're trying to get beyond the mudslinging yeah, and you know, get to the real issues. Mm. I mean, can a country be truly democratic when you have these types of blackouts? I don't think so. No, it's not very uh, easy to do that. It's it's it feels like a muzzle uh, most of the time that you're not able to say and do the things that you really want eh, in a robust democracy. Chantelle Khan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chantelle Khan, director of Seep Fiji. You're listening to Catherine Robinson on RN Drive. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.